I once heard someone say, you shouldn't believe everything you think. You shouldn't believe everything you think. See, your mind tells you stories, but that doesn't make them true. You might think you can't do something, that you'll never learn, or that something is impossible. But if you could change the way you think, you might find that you can do it, that you could learn, and that, in fact, there are tons of possibilities available to you. In today's episode, we're going to talk about changing your mindset to change your life. I'm Katherine Sigma-Wadsworth, and this is You Gotta Try This. Let's get started. All right, so today we are going to have a great conversation. This is going to be a really good episode that I think will be super helpful for you guys. And I have invited a friend to come and help me explain it because she's very smart and talks about this in her work all the time. So please welcome Megan Bogama. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you spend your days? Yes. So as you mentioned, I'm a therapist, so I work at a private practice in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend my days by still learning how to take care of my home. Mm-hmm. I recently purchased a home, and we're still navigating that process, yep. my husband and I. Um, and other than that, I like to spend a lot of time outdoors, whether it's going on hikes or walking with friends, whatever that looks like. And it's kind of how I spend my days. Yeah, cool. So tell them how we met. Yes. So I moved out here in 2018 to Mm -hmm. get my master's in social work at Pitt. And we had a connection, a dear friend of both of ours, that said you should meet one another. And Mm -hmm. so we, all three of us, I think, got together the first time. When she was also visiting, right? That could be, yeah. I'm not quite sure exactly the timeline anymore, but... We do owe it all to one Emily College. Yes. Hi, Emily. Yes. Hello. (laughs) She connected us. Yeah. And then after that, you helped me get back to Michigan because we're both from Michigan. Did a couple of holidays. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you introduced me at that time to um, Deck the Hallmark. Oh, I forgot about that (laughs) podcast. Yes. In case you guys haven't heard that one, it is an absolutely ridiculous podcast podcast wherein it's three dudes mm-hmm. who watch every single movie that that Hallmark puts out for Christmas which is like 45 movies or something every year and they're all yes. exactly the same mm-hmm. I think because I refuse to watch them um I've never <laughs> seen one I don't think in my same. life mm-hmm. but these three dudes they watch every single one and then they review them and there's one guy that thinks they're all fabulous mm-hmm. one guy that's like looking for you know some of them are maybe all right and then one guy that just hates his life yes. <laughs> having to watch these and he's like why did I sign up for this and so it's, it was always really funny I haven't listened to that in a couple of years I wonder if they're still doing it they are they're Great. still making it yes Great. the guy who kind of likes them panda he's not on the show anymore they oh, okay. have another person but it's still the same format great deck Uh the hallmark it really is pretty funny they do a good job Mm -hmm. um and if no matter what your opinion of the hallmark movies are you will find someone who agrees with you on that podcast so that was uh, i think my friend amy from book group recommended Mm. that one to me originally so yeah we listened to that a bunch on our road trip that was fun yeah that was great that and hamilton i think those are the memories Yes, Hamilton. Those were the mm-hmm. days. I was <laughs> listening to that constantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Great. Yeah. So we've known each other for a couple of years um, mm-hmm. living in the city. You haven't seen each other as much of late, but I was yes. thrilled that you were willing to come on and do this with me today. Of um, course. I, like I said, I think this is going to be a really helpful episode for people. Um, this is one of the most helpful things that I ever learned in my own therapy a number of years ago. Um, this has changed my life really in tons and tons of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the deal. Um, in my life, I've had this tendency toward black and white thinking, like especially when I'm stressed. So I get locked into these binaries that it's like either this way or that way. And when I'm in that headspace, I use all these words like always and never or can't and don't. And so it sounds like this always happens or every time I try, I get the same result. Or, I've, I've never been able to do that. Or, I can't do this. I don't know how. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, my therapist pointed it out to me and she's like, those words are so limiting. They mm-hmm. box you in and they claim to predict the future. So like if you think you can't do something, then you'll never be able to do it. And the thing is, if you think you can't do something, you're probably right because you're not going to try to do it. So you'll never do it. And so she gave me this new phrase. Um, so whenever I said something like, I always do this, I never do that, she would stop me and say, wait, in the past, you always did that. But in the mm-hmm. future, you could do something else. Mm-hmm. And it was such a game changer for me because it, it wasn't dismissive of my ba- my past experience. Like it was true that sometimes it had always been like that. I'd always behave that same way, but that didn't mean that I had to keep doing it. Like I have agency. I can make a different choice. And in the future, I could be different. And it was just absolutely huge. So that this tiny little phrase, like in the past, it was like that in the future, it could be different. So stop saying it'll always be like that. It can't be like that, or it never is like that, whatever. Just to change those words has been so huge for me. Mm-hmm. And it's also so easy to fall into that type of thinking. So easy. So easy. And so I do think that that small shift can be so powerful, but yeah. sometimes it can be really hard to recognize that you're even doing it. Absolutely. That's why I really appreciated it when she would point it out and she would do it in like almost all of our sessions, probably I would say something like that. And she'd be like, ah, mm-hmm. ah in the past, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, right, right, right. Okay. Because you mm-hmm. need somebody kind of on the outside to point it out to you so that you can start to recognize it. It just, otherwise it just slips by. It's so normal. This is how mm-hmm. I think. Um, one time you guys probably seen this, like it's a meme or whatever, but it says, don't believe everything you think. Mm-hmm. And I think that is brilliant because it's mm-hmm. not necessarily true just because you think it. Right. It just feels true. And mm-hmm. so if you continue to hang on to that as if it's the gospel truth, then it's going to keep being like that. But it doesn't have to. Like um, sometimes I'll use this example with my clients about um, a meadow. So let's mm-hmm. say, Megan, that you walk up to this beautiful meadow, grassy, gorgeous, and you need to get to the other side. So you just walk across it. And then the next day you come back to that same thing, you're probably going to go back in the general path that you walked last time because you've already sort of tamped down the grass a little bit. And so, great. Um, The next time you're probably going to go there. And every time you come to that meadow, you'll likely walk that same way. And over time, you really create like a pathway there that's clear. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you couldn't 
walk 10 feet to the left or zigzag across the whole meadow or whatever. You could do, you could walk across that meadow anyway, but you'll probably keep doing the thing that you've already done because it's familiar and you can kind of go on autopilot, but you don't have to. And your brain is exactly like that. You know, it's very plastic, the neuroplasticity and that it can change. Um, But we get into habits and it's, it's actually awesome that our brains can autopilot things because you can't be trying to think about the steps of every single activity that you do all the time. Mm -hmm. But then those things that you get into these ruts that are bad habits that aren't helpful, they're not serving you anymore. um, You're not stuck in those. You actually can do it differently if you just decide to. You can change your mind. If you change the way you think about something, the way you talk about it, then you create these new possibilities that you actually could be different. You could change. You could learn. You could get help. You could stop sabotaging yourself with this limited mindset. Like you don't need to be stuck with that old thought pattern. Absolutely. And when you were talking about the meadow, one thing that came to mind for me is, um, yes, we naturally take that path because we've taken it so many times. Mm -hmm. And part of that is like, yeah, we might be on autopilot, but I think another part of that is that path starts to feel really safe. And so it can start to feel a little unsafe or a little Mm -hmm. uncomfortable if we try to take a new path. But even if our bodies are telling us this feels unsafe, to try something new, that doesn't always mean that it is unsafe, right? That might be some of that anxiety of just making a new choice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it can be really hard, again, to like push ourselves to take a new path, because Mm -hmm. there are those unknowns or those uncertainties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I like this language shift, right? So it's just like, let's Mm -hmm. just think about it differently. Like, is that always the case? Do I always have to do it like that? Um, We have some tips here. Like if you want to try to get better at this or to notice, the first thing is to just become aware of the way that you're talking about the thing or the way you're thinking about it. And so you could ask a friend, like my therapist helped me to notice if you start using those words, like give them permission to catch you doing the thing and to be like, ah, you said always, you said never, you said can't, you said don't, um, mm-hmm. just so that you can start to recognize that it becomes clear to you. Um, that doesn't mean you actually have to do anything differently yet, but mm-hmm. you are just creating the possibility that maybe that's not always true. So mm-hmm. that's the the second step after you notice is just to catch yourself and ask like, is that accurate? Is it always like that? Does everybody do this this way? Does everybody else have that experience? Or maybe only some people have that experience. Maybe maybe only one or two people in my life actually had that experience, but I'm painting this photo or this picture for myself that like everybody else has this thing that I want and I don't have it. Um, so if you can imagine or remember a time that this thing that was always true was not true, then it might not be true in the future. Like there, there could be other possibilities for you. And so you don't need to just keep thinking like that all the time. Mm-hmm. So first we notice, then we try to like interrogate that thought. Is that actually, is that actually true? And then mm-hmm. consciously replace that word. So, yeah. um, so I have some examples here. Like if you are, if you catch yourself saying, I always do that, maybe instead you could say, I have often done that. Mm-hmm. Or if I never do that, then maybe it's just rarely that I have, I have not done that, or I've done it. If it's every time, you could say frequently. If you say everybody, maybe just a lot of people or some people, all could be many. So there, there are different things you could do that just leave like that crack of possibility mm-hmm. there. 
So what do you think that would do if we stopped talking like that those with those limiting statements? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely think that it would allow us to actually like pause and kind of think through what it is that we're really feeling. Yeah. I think oftentimes like we can jump to conclusions, whether it's based out of like fear or worry. Mm-hmm. And I think when we shift that language that can already kind of calm down the process a little totally. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I was wondering as you were talking about your experience with your therapist, if you mm-hmm. feel comfortable sharing, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what it was like for you to have somebody point that observation out. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're using a lot of black and white thinking. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now how I actually felt in the moment because for the last 15 years since she said that to me, I've been like, that was so huge. Like, I need to, mm-hmm. I, I think about it all the time, like constantly I think about it. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, it was probably a bit alarming to me, and I bet I felt, I can't say for sure, but i it probably was a little, I bet I got a little bit defensive, I would imagine, mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. sort of like, no, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm right. It is always like that. It's always mm-hmm. been like this. I've never had this, mm-hmm. like, I don't remember, I can't remember what we were talking about at the time, but like, everybody else seems to have this down and I can't get it. I'll never get it. It's like, well we'll see. Like you just, you don't want to slam the door and say that you can't. So I bet at the time that it was hard for me Mm -hmm. to make that shift and to start to think about it differently Mm -hmm. as new things often are hard and those well ingrained patterns are difficult. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know how long it took me to get on board. Maybe even later that same session may have been after a few weeks. I'm not sure, but I've been telling everyone about it ever since Mm -hmm. because it is huge, and I use that with my clients constantly when mm. they come into um, they come into sessions, and they're like, you know, I just I can't figure it out, and I I may as well just quit. I'm like, all right, well, what else could happen here? What other possibilities are there? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to be stuck in this mindset that just because you don't know how to do it today doesn't mean you couldn't learn, right. you couldn't get help, you couldn't shift your situation in some meaningful way that would make more space, make more more options. Mm-hmm. Um, you can learn things, you can grow, you can be different. You are not stuck here. Um, yes. And just the way that we talk about it um, cracks the door open to a whole nother room where we could live instead of being stuck in this little cramped space. Mm-hmm. Another question I had just because you have been talking about sort of your personal work with this over the last 15 years yeah. is when you're interrogating that thought, like mm-hmm. if we're automatically going to, I can't, or I don't know how. Yeah. When you're in the interrogation process, have you noticed that you are now able to talk yourself through that? Do you journal it and like write it out? Do you verbally process it with somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like how have you, what is your practice or your process yeah. around that? Yeah, I'm a verbal processor more than a journaler. Um, so I will talk to somebody about it. So um, I have some friends, my current therapist, my husband, different people that I'll just be like, it feels like this is true. And I'll be like, is it though? Like, have I had other experiences that disprove that thought? Or is it possible that I could in the future have a different kind of experience? And um, saying it out loud, and especially since this is kind of part of our parlance, this in the past, in the future thing, um, my people will say that back to me, which is really helpful. Mm. So um, if I say like, oh, I, you know, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, all right, well, is it possible you could learn? Could someone Mm -hmm. help you? And um, that 
often helps me just to have another perspective, somebody else to ask questions or shed light on what's possible. Um, sometimes I will journal about it too. Um, but I, I tend to get stuck in these like loops in my head. So talking about it with someone else definitely helps me. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I am definitely a verbal processor. Yeah. 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 Talking about it out loud with somebody else can be really helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say I have learned to slow down a bit and Mm -hmm. try to sit with it. Yeah. Um, individually before bringing it up to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of that is, um, like noticing. And Mm -hmm. I know that that was your first step. Like, just notice what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, also while you're noticing those thoughts or words, I like to be aware of what's happening in my body, or I might encourage somebody else to be aware of like, what is physically happening for them Mm -hmm. as those thoughts are coming up. Um, Because I find that oftentimes when we use words like always or can't, um, it can be coming from a place of like anxiety or fear or protection. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a bad thing, just Mm -hmm. just can naturally happen. Notice. Yeah. Um, And so like, I might ask somebody else when you're saying I can't do X thing, are we noticing some like nervousness in our stomach or is our chest getting tight? Mm -hmm. Because I find that when we tend to those physical symptoms of anxiety, whether through like movement or grounding techniques, which I know you touched Mm -hmm. on some grounding techniques in a previous episode Mm -hmm. um, or deep breathing that can also allow you to kind of, calm down a bit and be more in a headspace where you can really approach the situation. Totally. Yeah. Like going back to that wise mind place Mm -hmm. instead of the frantic one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really smart. Like I know for me that the anxiety is like in my throat and it just like Mm -hmm. clenches my throat. So like I almost can't talk. Like it is horrible. (laughs) But anytime like I've noticed that clenching, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling anxious about something right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, how could I calm down, like take a step back from the anxiety so that I can mm-hmm. see more clearly, like, is this thing true or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I find that sometimes it can be hard to tap into all of the thoughts or what I'm yeah. thinking, especially yeah. if it's like a lot of racing thoughts that can just feel a little chaotic and jumbled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes my body, like if I listen to that, it can help me actually recognize more where the I can't is coming yeah. from. Yeah. Um, which I find really helpful. And sometimes what I like to ask myself when I'm in those situations is what am I trying to protect myself from right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it is coming from a place of like, I just want to quickly say, I can't do that to push it right. away because it feels like too much to kind of sit with it. So yeah. just kind of slowing down. Yeah. I just watched your, like the gestures you just made Mm. and you're like, I can't do it. Can you, since this is not a visual medium, can you explain like what, what that felt like when you're like, Oh, I can't do that. I got to run away. Yeah. Like the tension in my Mm -hmm. chest and then kind of like pushing it away with my hand. Um, Like I picture kind of like little kids at the playground and somebody kid might be running up and another kid's like, Ooh, no, I'm going to put my hand up. No, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that posture of like leaning back and like the tension that you put in your body to brace yourself for impact, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so if you start noticing your body doing that, like that might be a sign that you're scared about something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might be what's leading back. Like I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, maybe, but maybe you could if we could figure out what's the fear. Is that yes. fear? What does that fear need? It's like it could be a valid fear. I'm not trying to be dismissive of it. Like yes. you really might be in trouble if you did that. But mm-hmm. how could you address mm-hmm. that? How can you support yourself even when you feel that fear? Yeah. One thing you mentioned earlier when you were working with your clients is like the idea of problem solving with them. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times I can't, or I don't know how can feel a little bit isolating. Like you feel stuck in that on your own. Yeah. Um, and so we're not always meant to do things individually, right? Like sometimes we just need to tap into our communities for extra support. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is something that feels really difficult to do on your own. Like I can't Mm -hmm. do X by myself. I still want to do it though. And I just need to problem solve what support do I need in order to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, again, the power of, um, you know, problem solving and figuring out like what is really behind the I can't and can I shift that language yeah. to maybe this is possible. I just need some more support. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, in my coaching work, we do a lot of asking questions around things like that. Like, well, what kind of support do you need? Who do you think you could go to for that? Um, who could you ask for help? Whose opinion would give you some new perspective on that? Do you know anyone who's done that before? Could you find out how they did it? You know, that like you can follow those trains of thought for a while. And usually all these new things come to light and it turns out that you're not actually alone with that. You, you could get some help. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another thing I'm thinking as we're talking is like, if we always revert to, I can't thinking, then it can Mm -hmm. become harder to recognize when you really shouldn't do something or you just don't want to do something. Yeah. Right. Those are different. Yes. Yeah. Uh (laughs) And so again, like it's really helpful to, it can be helpful to talk it out with somebody or to journal Mm -hmm. about it or whatever that is, because I feel like one, we should feel empowered and it is okay to say no when we need to. But by shifting your language away from the limiting place of like, I can't, or I don't know how, can actually allow you to say no from a more confident place. Like mm-hmm. you are more aware then of really what you have the capacity for. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes I really don't want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's different yep. from I can't do this thing. That's yes. different language altogether, right? Yep. Yes, definitely. And I mean, if the problem really is that you don't know how, that is a solvable problem. But Mm -hmm. if you don't want to learn, Mm -hmm. that's a different situation. So having some more (laughs) clarity around those things can really help you make better decisions, be more clear in your relationships Mm -hmm. about what you actually want and need. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how does this play out in your therapy practice, like with individuals? So very similar to your experience that you were previously talking about, like the all or nothing thinking or the black and white thinking is really common. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that does come up quite a bit in sessions and encouraging folks to slow down and just identify like, what are we feeling? What is the potential anxious thought or worry? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different approaches to that, Mm -hmm. um, depending on like, what modality you want to use, but Mm -hmm. oftentimes I'll encourage us to figure out like what part of self is this coming from and 
sometimes we're not ready to like go into problem solving right away, but Mm -hmm. we can at least encourage like sitting with the thought before immediately trying to jump to that like protective side of self. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like the, the resource gathering phase in response Mm -hmm. to that. So like, I can't, I don't know how to do it. Like, okay, well, where could we go for some help? What Mm -hmm. options do you have? What could we consider? Um, I had someone helping me with that when I was transitioning from my old work into what I'm doing now with this coaching. And I'd Mm -hmm. never, I'd never done coaching before as such. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of transferable skills, but I was like, who's going to, no one's going to hire me to -hmm. do this. I don't have any experience. I can't prove that I know how to do this. Like Mm -hmm. just in those three sentences, I heard nobody's going to hire me. I can't Mm -hmm. do this. Um, There are a lot of limiting experience or limiting beliefs and thoughts that were coming up at that time. And I had somebody help me like put together my resume around these um, like capabilities and capacities and experiences instead of just like job titles. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, oh, look, no, I I actually can show that I can do this. People might want to hire me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just changing it from nobody will to somebody might. Mm -hmm. That is enough to give me enough, like put enough gas in my tank to actually try to get one of these sorts of jobs or to move in this direction. Um, I'm not running myself into a brick wall. There is room here. There's space for me. And just having a couple of those little shifts mm-hmm. that like somebody might want to hire me to do this. I do have some experience in this area and I can build on some, right? You can always, mm-hmm. um, you can move forward when you can start to see those different pathways emerge Yes. Uh, instead of thinking like there's, there's no room here. I just feel very trapped. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you were talking about that, one thing I think of is sometimes um, I'll encourage a client to talk to themselves like they would a friend. Yeah. And so, right. Like if your friend said, well, I can't do this, I'm sure mm-hmm. you would quickly be like, you have so many different strengths in these. Yeah, like you could totally do that. All of these different areas. Like, let me share with you all the positives that I see in you. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it can be so helpful to actually talk to ourselves in that kind manner. We can be mm-hmm. really quick to just be so harsh, like yeah. so much negative self-talk. Right. But yes. if we can even shift the way we talk to ourselves, that can be really empowering too. Yes, especially I think as women, like I have heard these statistics mm-hmm. that like women won't apply for a job unless they meet 100% of the qualifications. Mm-hmm. Whereas men, if they see like they match 50 of them, they're like, all right, I'll put my name in the, you know, throw my hat in the ring. And so what does that mean? Women don't apply for these jobs, even though you right. might be awesome at it. And you just don't know how to do this one aspect of it. You're not mm-hmm. disqualified. Um, right. You should try. And so if you like can catch yourself in these sort of mindsets of thinking like, I'm not ready for that. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only true as long as you believe it. Right. So you can Another, believe something else. Yes. Another thing that I use sometimes, and I can use my own experience um, as an example. So when you asked me to be on the podcast, of course, yeah. the first thought is like, I can't be on a podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never been on a podcast yeah. before. That yeah. is ridiculous, right? Uh huh. And yeah. so I like to go through these series of questions of like, okay, what's the best case scenario? Yes. I like rocket. This is a fabulous interview. Great. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is worst case scenario? I get on here and it just, we aren't flowing. It's uh-huh. like, just a little cringy. I want to get off. Right. And what is most likely. And it's that there might be a little bit of like, 
anxious energy because I haven't done this before. Sure. But hopefully like together we can create and collaborate and it's something that we are both proud of, right? Yeah. And could I cope with the worst case? Absolutely. Ah. If it's terrible, I'm just going to tell you, maybe don't post it (laughs) or (laughs) it's your art. You can do Uh what you want with it. I probably (laughs) won't listen to it again. (laughs) And that would be fine. I I have actually recorded one like that, that we ended up not airing because we just didn't like it as much. So yeah, right. that I love that. Say those questions again. Uh, So what is the best case scenario? What is the worst case scenario? What is most likely? And could I cope with the worst case? Yes. Yeah. What would I do if the worst should happen? Mm-hmm. We aren't brain surgeons here. Not no. rocket scientists. Nobody's no. going to die. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anya, who is uh, my first guest, if you remember anybody mm-hmm. from the Delight episode, mm-hmm. she always asks, what's at stake here? Mm, yeah. Which absolutely. I think is a great question. Like, mm-hmm. very, very little. Is that yeah. <laughs> okay? Great. Then we can probably calm down the theatrics. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, those are very, very helpful questions. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think people would find those super helpful. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, great. So tell us how this plays out in relationship with people, because this is a pretty big dynamic changer as well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. There have been so many times in sessions, whether it is between parents or a parent and a child or two siblings where I'll hear you never do X or you always do Y. Um, And when we use that language, it will immediately like increase the feelings of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what I find it, it's just completely distracting from the thing you really actually want the other person to hear. Like that person, what they heard was always or never. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. sitting in that space thinking of the five times they did in fact do that thing. And yep. they are ready to let you know about those five experiences. <laughs> uh-huh. And so then we're just stuck. We're, we're yep. stuck in the back and forth, right? Because mm-hmm. um, always and never are almost never true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And again, let's just say maybe it is. We're still not actually verbalizing what it is we really need the person to hear. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um a phrase that we use is like kitchen sinking it. And so Mm -hmm. that is a communication tactic where like a lot of unrelated issues flood into a conversation. Uh So like you never do this and then you always do that. And now we're pulling in like so many different experiences, right? And last summer when you did this and blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You get what I'm trying. Once or twice. Sure. Yeah. Not relatable at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And when you do that, then we're going back in the past. And a lot of times you're going to shut down either your partner, your kiddo, whoever you're trying to communicate with, Mm -hmm. or escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so by removing some of that language, like the always or the never, Mm -hmm. we're able to be a bit more present and actually address the single issue at hand. And then you're actually going to be able to like, problem solve around it or Mm -hmm. even just verbalize the feeling right like a good old I feeling statement I love Mm -hmm. I statements like I'm feeling really frustrated that you didn't take the trash out and it would be really Mm -hmm. helpful if you could right instead of you never take the trash out and I don't even know why I bother asking yeah that's very unlikely 
going to help you. Yeah. So even if you were to say something like, hey, I've noticed a pattern or often this happens, that leaves room for those five instances where they did do that. But you can still look at this pattern that's when this happens, when I have to consistently remind you to do this thing, uh, then I feel frustrated. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about that pattern instead of like yes. pointing fingers and blaming? Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. What about with kids? How does that ever happen where you talk with like how parents talk to their children using those same kind of words? Absolutely. Same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we use that language with the child, then they start to um, just again, shut down or feel like they have to recall all the times that they did do something. Right. Like their own defense attorney. Which is just not good for so many, so many reasons, right? right. Mm-hmm. We And if you're really trying to empower change, mm-hmm. we're going to want it to be for more of like a strengths-based approach. Mm-hmm. And instead of pointing out why they aren't doing it, let's look at what might be some of the barriers to them actually not being able to do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's go to problem solving rather than to the argumentative, you never do this or you always right. do that. Right. Yeah, because they might need help. They might need Mm -hmm. to learn. They might need some support. They might need all kinds of things. But if you consistently tell a child you can't do that, um, then they start believing they can't do that. And what does that do Mm -hmm. to their life trajectory? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to boost confidence if a kid is able to complete a task that's asked of them, um, Mm -hmm. like in a way that feels good, right? So Mm -hmm. then we Mm -hmm. can also reflect and give some praise. That was really awesome that you did that. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Like you're just creating more space to actually empower a kiddo and build that Mm self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. I think learning to pay attention to our language and our thinking around these things can really change the trajectory of our own relationships, of our own lives, and to what we think is possible. And then what actually is possible if we can learn to say these things differently we can really start to shift important things in our lives and relationships. So what else would you like people to know about this kind of language and shifting their mindset? I guess one thing that comes to mind as we're talking about kids and how we wouldn't want to yell at a kid, like you can't do that. You don't have the Mm -hmm. skills for that. Why would you think you Mm -hmm. could do that? Right. Yeah. I would want to encourage folks to kind of think about themselves as that younger version right? Mm -hmm. Like going back to 10 year old you, would you really Mm -hmm. want to be yelling at yourself that you couldn't do that thing, Mm -hmm. right? You would take a much more gentle approach, hopefully again, Mm -hmm. a more empowering one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it should just be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. as you're interrogating some of those negative thoughts and figuring out what it is you can do. Yes. Great. I think that's really good advice. We all do have our our inner child that needs to Mm -hmm. be parented and Mm -hmm. we can tell them what they need to hear and help them envision a world in in which they are able to meet it with pride and grace and accomplishment and all creativity and all that stuff. That's what we're trying to um, inhabit. So I think paying attention to your mindset, recognizing where you're seeing those things sneak in because they're very mm-hmm. common, happens all the time. All the time. Um, just Yeah. Let's just notice. Mm-hmm. Let's ask if that's really true. Mm-hmm. Swap it out for a different word and then see what happens. How does that change your perspective? Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, you can change your life. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This is super helpful. Thank you for uh, sharing with us those questions about the best case, worst case scenario. Uh, I think those are going to be really helpful to people. I think uh, they will be really helpful to me. I'm going to write those down. So yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Well, as you know, the last thing that we always do at the end of an episode is to talk about what is bringing us delight. So tell me about what is bringing you delight these days. So um, as I said earlier in the podcast, I am from Michigan, and it is bringing me great, great delight that the Detroit Lions are doing well this year. Yes, they are. Yes. Um, Never in our lived history. Not since 19, was it 57 last time they were in the playoffs or something? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been about 30 years. Um, So it's... We're tired. Detroit fans are tired and we're just feeling energized by this momentum. Yes. Um, And honestly, like, I should really say some of my family members are like diehard fans and I'm kind of just like joining because this has been fun and exciting. Yes. Yes. Um, But just hoping that they continue to do great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they have a game. Um, We're recording this on Sunday, right before the game. I think it's this afternoon. So best of luck, Detroit. Don't break our hearts. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I know. Have you seen those shirts that say like, Detroit Lions, maybe next year since 1957. (laughs) I think this is it. This could be the year. This is it. We shall see. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I was thinking of trying to figure out what I wanted to share for my delight today. And I really just had like a week of delights straight. Um, my husband and I went down to Florida to see our parents. They, His mom is um, like not too far, seven miles maybe from my parents' place down in Florida. And so we got to spend half the time with her and then half the time with them. And while the weather was not great, it was vastly better than the blizzard that shut down Pennsylvania. So that was... Yes. Um, um, I, this is, I just take such great delight when I miss the worst weather. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to be down in Florida no matter what, but when it's like seven at home and I'm like, yes, it's the best. So that was great. Um, we just had a really, really lovely time being like the ocean calls me. So anytime yes. I can be on the beach, it's great. We went to beautiful botanical gardens, which was lovely. We got to see, um, go through a bunch of galleries, had great food. We played a lot of games and saw some live music. It was just literally a week of delights. So I can't even pick one thing. It was just great. It was really, really good to be with them. And we celebrated our anniversary while we were gone. So anniversary thank you thank you very much isn't it so nice when it's hard to pick a delight because there have been so many that's so nice i know an embarrassment of riches i have no i'm so glad for you that you had that getaway yeah me too it was great thanks again for being here this was awesome yeah absolutely thanks for having me thank you so much for listening I hope that you found this as helpful as I did and that you're ready to start shifting your mindset. Share this episode with a friend who could help you catch yourself using those limiting words and remind you to talk to yourself differently. Because if you can change your mindset, a whole world of opportunities will open up for you. And don't forget that removing those universal qualifiers like always and never from your language will help you a ton in your relationships to help you move away from accusation towards problem solving. 
Thanks so much to Megan Bogoma for being here and sharing her experience and wisdom with us. Thanks to Bell Batista for editing the show and to you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram at You Gotta Try This Podcast and send us your delights at You Gotta Try This Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Catherine Sigma Wadsworth, and this is You Gotta Try This. Thanks for listening. <laughs>